Hello, this is Charlie from the Dead Freights, and you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, did you know we're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast with Bruce and Rainer? Well, cool. So thank you for joining me. I won't keep you guys too long, but... For those not familiar with the Dead Freights, and I got to tell you, I found you guys through Jasmine, I guess. I had no idea. I totally love you guys. That's oh, why. I, yeah, I totally dig what you guys are doing. So for those not familiar with the Dead Freights, can you give us like the two-sentence boardroom pitch? Yeah. Go on, Charlie. This is on you. Dead <laughs> Freights. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Indie rock and roll, I'd say, from Southern England. Yeah. Um, most of the songs are kind of taken from poetry that i come up with sort of quite like dark kind of stuff and then we put some we wrap some fuzzy guitars around it and yeah do what it makes a noise in the background i hit yeah, yeah i play the drums <laughs> it's, got, bands. it's got some of that i mean i like that raw and i don't know if it's more of a british thing or not but i mean that raw british kind of not punk but maybe punk rock right, am, like, am i doing the Am I saying yeah, the wrong thing? Like, that's how I, I see it. It's definitely aptitudinal. Yes, that's a good word. I, I, that's not the word I came up with, but I'll give you the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, Charlie, that, that's a good word. <laughs> you can but have it. it. it <laughs> why, thank you. No, I love it. And how did you guys come... A co- uh, how did you guys come up with Surf and Safari and decide to do something in that vein? Because that's a bit different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, Shall I? Yeah, we'll oh, we're getting good at this. Hey, <laughs> taking turns. Well, yeah, well, it's Suffering Safari and it's like a take on Surfing Safari. Right. Um, and, the, well, the song itself is is kind of about the kind of dark and adulterous thoughts that you have in at low points in a relationship, essentially. Right. Um, and kind of just a bit of a confession of that. Yeah, kind of mid, the midnight confession. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The kind of <laughs> the midnight confessional. Yeah, yeah, I like That's the it. name of the record, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> it is now. <laughs> when you're yeah, writing, and, and like, but like as you were saying, going back to that sort of punky thing, this this one I think has kind of gone more that way uh, uh, compared to the last ones, and it, and sort of we've slowly been kind of almost accidentally drifting into that kind of punkier sound, right? And I think the british do it really well i mean that's like kind of a classic british sound to me coming yeah, you know when, when i heard you guys i was like man that's that's that classic british sound but it's so great and yeah, timeless no, appreciate it yeah i guess yeah. You, like i mean i got drilled my mum just drilled the clash into my head yep. before i could even walk and stuff and i guess that's is that part of it i guess i don't know yeah when when yeah, you guys maybe. are writing i know you said you're writing poetry but are you writing and you want your fans to take something away? Is there like a takeaway you want your fans to go with? Or is it just you're writing your poetry and it is what it is? Yeah, I'd say, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to think that lyrically there's kind of something that people can take away. But then I'm, I'm quite, whenever I'm writing the words, it's always about my own sort of personal experience and kind of how I feel about stuff. Right. Um, so I think sort of selfishly, I kind of think that it's all about me. You know? <laughs> Uh, it is when you're you yeah yeah. when I'm me it is Uh, but there's I don't know well because like we was talking about this yesterday and you were saying because we're 
we're like close friends and when I write words you you kind of know what I'm I know where you're coming from you you kind of know even like who I'm referencing or if there's like a book I've been talking about or something yeah he's like said these sort of spot spot things and stuff so I suppose if you can take something from it then other people surely can yeah so along those same lines then do you have any stories of uh I don't know emails or after a show somebody stopped you and said hey this song really connected with me or anything like that no, however, there was, this one, there, was this, there was this one time at a gig, right? Because Charlie likes to think his, of himself as quite theatrical on stage. He's, you know, he prances about a bit. And, um, and we, were, we were piling into a taxi on the way to like an Airbnb or something. And this guy stopped the taxi, some guy from the audience, and told us to wind down the window. And he just leaned into the car and went, you, and pointed at Charlie and went, you, my friend, are a theatrical genius, <laughs> right? <laughs> nice. And, uh, we didn't hear the end of that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. For a, I mean, that I'm still like... hearing about it. <laughs> that is why I thought I'd tell you about it before he would. Right, <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it was I so think... funny because there's always been a kind of healthy rivalry between Charlie and Rob, the other guitar player. He used to do more singing, but now does a bit more backing vocals. And, and like, he... Just fucking hated it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there, was, there, was, there was like silence, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. You're a theatrical genius. I went, thanks, mate. And then we sort of all <laughs> got the windows up and it was sort of quiet. And I went, sorry, did you? I went, don't. <laughs> did you hear what that guy said to me? <laughs> theatrical genius. Nice. Yeah. Well, as a theatrical genius, I think, yeah, I might, you know, just basing right. every decision on the tour now on being a theatrical As a right. theatrical genius, I think we should take a left here. Yeah, mm. I, don't think I need good. this on the writer now too because I'm a theatrical genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you guys are writing, are you guys all writing together like in the traditional sense, you know, like in the old days where you'd bounce things off each other, or are you writing more of less, more or less like emailing things back and forth and taking advantage of technology? We um we we definitely write all the music together and bounce off each other the old school way. So that is. I love that. And I think you can tell that in your music as well, because it's way more organic and immediate. And I think yeah. a lot of times you can tell when it's been, I don't want to say phoned in, but sent over internet and, you know, mixed out. And I understand we're in a pandemic and people live all over the world and you got to do what you got to do. But yeah. I also think when you hear a record like that, you can tell that it's been bounced off each other. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, that's cool that you can tell that. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. nice to hear. We haven't had anyone ever, ever really say that before. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think like it sometimes takes a while to get to know a song as well. And like with this particular song that we've just released, Suffering Safari, it, it, this one in particular, it took almost the longest it's ever really taken to sort of us to get to know it. And it kept changing. And then we didn't even know, really realise it was changing until we listened to like an early demo of it. And we were like, wow, it's, it's really come a long way. And it's cool to like to play it live as well before recording it. And that kind of changes it as well, because you it puts you in it makes you see it from a different perspective when you play it in front of people. So like, oh, yeah. So we, we, we're, we're planning to go into the studio quite soon and record some new ones. But we haven't actually played these new ones in front of people because we because there's been no gigs yeah, this year. Right. So, yeah. I'm you know, it, it's almost it's it's a weird one. It feels like it could, um, it feels like it can sort of stunt the creative process. As soon as you record it, then that's it, done. It's, right. That's the end of it. That's not going to evolve any further than that. Right. 
so but this one like we were lucky enough we've gigged we've played it probably for about two years yeah already we, we before be, recording we, it oh really like, yeah at least like 10 different arranged versions of it you know with like so it just kept morphing and, it just kept morphing kind yeah. of subconsciously we didn't even really try and morph it it just kind of kept morphing and then is that the way a lot of i think that's what makes say again do a lot of your i know i cut you off i'm sorry do a lot of your songs end up that way is that how you normally do it or is that just special for that one suffering safari i think i think that one was definitely the most standout like that was the one it was most apparent that we were sort of there was loads of different kind of incarnations of it i think when we finally when we were all finally kind of happy with it it almost didn't sort of feel like it was finished it was like yeah what was that were you happy with that is yeah. that, is that it? Is it done then? It, sort of like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't feel like it should ever be done. Yeah. You know, right. Like one of those songs like uh, you know what they said about the um they sing about the uh the Grateful Dead talking about you know trucking for the Grateful yeah. Dead. I'm a huge dead fan. Oh amazing man. That's that's the the, the dead and the dead freights is uh doff of the cap to those guys. Yeah. <laughs> But the uh they, they were talking I thought about, it was about my dead nan. No, no, no. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> genius has spoken they were talking about trucking you know got that, all those verses in it they were talking about like at one point they were never actually going to record it they were just going to keep writing it and writing it every time <laughs> they went to it would be a different right. person and it would just end up this huge huge song and then when they finally recorded it it was a bit sort of like oh we should probably leave it at that now that's it kind of <laughs> right. but I like the idea that it was they had like loads of different versions yeah so just kept going so I know during this quarantine, you guys have uh, released a couple songs, uh, Stray Dogs and Fever and the Thunder. Are you, yeah. guys, are you guys planning on doing any kind of live streams or interaction with your fans or is it just going to be releasing singles? Well, um, I think we've been, we kind of, at the beginning of the lockdown, we kind of did a few sort of stream. I mean, I did a few. You did some ones. We, we kind of made a few sort of videos. I mean, we were just, we were, in fact, it was just before, we started, when we came on the call, we were just sort of saying about doing like sort of live stream thing. I mean, maybe it's sort of kind of, it's been done now, I think. Like, mm, yeah. I think because we're, where we're at the point now where we're starting to book actual gigs. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've yeah. got we've got a gig, yeah. booked, our first gig booking at the end of July. Is it July? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So on the books. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that was supposed to be uh, an album launch show, but we didn't we haven't managed to record our album so it's just it's just going to be a party but yeah i mean can you imagine what it's going to be like i mean when you guys hit the stage or when you get to your first show after all the shit has gone down it's going to yeah. be a, you hit i think you hit it right it's going to be a party yeah, yeah it's going to be we kind of booked special. it yeah you kind of booked it in it's like pretty soon after the lockdown and it's like finishing here right. so it's going to be like it's just yeah it's going to be great Oh, it's going to be really messy. Who knows? But it's, it doesn't matter. I don't even think anybody would care because it's live music and it's yeah, your friends yeah. and it's beer and booze and it's not oh. in your living room watching Netflix. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's... I think it's going to be kind of interesting too, though, because promoters are going to be have to have to be sort of selective, right? Because otherwise they can oversaturate. Because all, yeah. all you guys are going to want to get out, right? So you all yeah. have to get out to pay the bills. That's going to yeah. saturate the markets and, you know, people like myself or whoever, the fans are only going to have so much money to, to get out. Yeah. Show, right? yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're it's right. It's going to be kind of strange how they uh, maneuver this, I think. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen. Right. Because mm, if everybody had, if everybody on. hits, you're going to have like 10 shows in town at, at one time and you can't go to them all. Yeah. Yeah. 
but still that would be still quite a good position to be in hell yeah i mean yeah deciding which one you want to go to yeah you yeah know it. but like a mini fest you know when you're at a festival and like two bands clash that you right. want to see you're like oh you can kind of sometimes wangle seeing both yeah a little bit a little bit a little bit yo or catch half and half right yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know what it's gonna be like but i know i cannot wait to get the hell out there it's crazy yeah oh i bet have you got have you got lots of good venues and stuff around where you are i wouldn't say a lot but there's probably two really good ones like 1500 seat you know Mm -hmm. nice old theater kind and then there's a little dump maybe 300 400 but a lot of people play there it's not yeah but yeah, I mean, I like those places. Yeah, me too. You know, I've seen some really big bands play in those little places and that's fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, you pack it out. It's a, it's 300 people who want to be there. Yeah. And it's, and it's great. And it's kind of intimate. And yes. And usually those places, I don't, I mean, they often sound quite good, don't they? Yes. Because I mean, yeah. those legendary little venues that are kind of, they right. just kind of, they just nail it on the sound. Yep. And I mean, if you see the place, it's a, you know, it's a shithole, really. It looks like, but you're right. It gets decent sound and everybody plays there and it's always a good time. So, yeah, I can't wait. Are you guys, uh, so you've been taking advantage of the downtime to do some writing then? Yeah. Yeah. We kind of been getting together, like writing, but also just all that other stuff around the gigging thing. Cause we were gigging a lot before and getting drunk quite a lot whilst doing it and <laughs> yeah. you know all that thing I and mean, it's really fun but you kind of you kind of it's not fully sustainable and also it's been nice to take a step back to do some writing and and uh recording and just kind of get our drinking some water once in a while amen yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. i wish i had a bit mm. uh, <laughs> and um yeah 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 so we've, yeah we've, we've done all that stuff kind of getting the social media a bit better and you know that kind of thing and our comms are you guys pretty them. active social media wise we try and be yeah we, we could be better i mean but we're we're pretty good we're pretty good we're getting it together awesome so the last thing i have then is how does it make you feel when the energy and the passion you envisioned when writing a song comes to life in front of that crowd uh the theatrical well, genius not, yeah well yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> obviously not a question questioning um no i've well obviously like he's <laughs> answering question answering questions you're an answering questions idiot nice yeah it feels great obviously yeah. yeah it feels really good it is good isn't it yeah it is good uh yeah and since we were I mean, talking it's great all right and since we were talking about it though do you get the same energy or is it let me rephrase that is it do you find it harder to play in front of 30 people as opposed to ten thousand, or is a show a show i think well we normally we normally play like a show's a show and we kind of we give the same every yeah. time yeah, uh, whether yeah, regardless of how many people. Yeah. Having said that, we have played some really, really like bad shows in our time. Like we always joke that we like headline a coconut shy and stuff. You yeah, know, like yeah. something like really well, lame. You know, when you end up at a village fate. A village fate and like there's a bouncy really, castle. Like really spinal right. tap. Yeah, like spinal tap. <laughs> <laughs> the, the puppet show. 
right yeah, yeah exactly. and there was one time we did one of those it was like a it was ages ago do you remember it was like a boat show or something we just played this like like and then no one was listening to us and you you just kept saying charlie just kept saying into the microphone like really sarcastically it's just great to be here and you must have said it throughout the show like before and after every tune just like it's just great to be here just like so sarcastic nice. horrible little <laughs> ungrateful spoiled, little, spoiled brat ungrateful little twat you didn't <laughs> nice <laughs> But at the end of the day, a show is a show, right? I mean, you still got to get yeah. out and do your thing and you may yeah. get two fans out of it or whatever, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, exactly. And and like we, because we played quite a lot and I think it, you just, you just build your strength, I guess, and you just get a bit better and tighter and right. it can only be a good thing, really. Cool. So I know I said that was the last one, but I, I just, I'm hey, thinking. Keep I'm going, thinking, man. We're, we're not doing anything. I'm thinking on the fly here. What was the craziest onstage incident you guys have had gear failure or something everybody's got them we definitely had there was a, there's, there's definitely been a couple where uh everything falls apart yeah. around you yeah there's like strings are being broken and bits of drum kit are falling <laughs> over and like right. i mean my guitar is normal. We're used to. It's not as bad now, but my guitar used to just break all the time. Like the strap would just break on it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we did the remember the Islington show, what we were then? we were quite drunk because it was one of those things where we got to the venue and we did a sound check at like four or something, five. And we weren't on until like ten, half ten mm-hmm. in the evening. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do. Such a just, big annoying perineum of time and you're just in a you're, <laughs> and you're just in a venue right? right. So it's just you just drink and um well we yep. did at least at least then we did and yeah it was like but yeah it was one of, it was just one of those shows where it just wasn't really nothing was really coming together for us was what, it? Yeah. when things start breaking i think some of your drum kit fell over my guitar kind of broke right. we, we just had to drag we were dragging the thing by the horns so <laughs> but yeah and your, your your technique which actually i think is quite good when something breaks a little bit you end up just smashing it up break more it, break it more yeah. just if it starts breaking a little bit then just right. break it part of the thing and you just go mental <laughs> yeah just start, it's just like nice. it's like it's like drop dead Fred. If something doesn't work, then smash it up even more to make it better or something. Yes. I don't know. It's like a yeah. I'll tell, I'll, tell funny, I'll tell you a funny story. I've I asked that question quite often. Yes. I, I was interviewing, I think they're from Germany, this band Saltatio Mortis. They're okay. just, you know, like a folk metal band of some sort, pretty popular, but they were playing Valken over in Germany, you know, that big metal festival they have every year. Yeah. Guess, got up on stage to get ready to he's a drummer sat on his drum set or on a stool and a hornet flew up his shorts and, <laughs> and stung him in the nuts. <laughs> Brilliant. He had 60,000 people out there, so he said he had to play hurting like hell. Oh, <laughs> fair, fair play to the guy. That's though. amazing. Yeah, I'll give you that t- I'll give was, you oh, I was going to say there was one time, another one, when it was one of those kind of coconut shy gigs, village fake kind of things. We were playing on this inflatable stage and it was, remember the wind was blowing down. The, it, the wind was blowing, it was deflating and I was playing the drums and it was just completely swishing <laughs> me. <laughs> I'll give you one more just because we're talking, um, you know, I'm not keeping you, am I? No, no you're no, good, no, man. Okay. I was, I did an interview with uh, Steve Austin from Today's the Day. And I guess th- they were doing some big festival. It always is big festival. I guess that this shit happens, but some big festival. And he, he's a singer, guitar player. He walked up to the microphone in front of whatever, you know, 30,000 people, put his hands on the mic and got zapped. 
and shit oh. himself and shit himself immediately ah. <laughs> <laughs> He shot himself in front of all those people. In front of all those people. And Brilliant. he said he didn't know what to do. His show's got to go. So he just played. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you do? What I guess you, you got I mean, I did, well, If they were filming it, you'd like, I, if they were filming it, I would quite like to go back and try and pinpoint <laughs> the exact moment when he realized he'd shot himself. Because <laughs> that's going to be like an amazing, just, <laughs> and then his facial expression is going right. to change. And then he's no, right, I'm going to keep, what am I doing? What am I going to do? It's panic, isn't it? When you shit yourself, let alone in front of all those people, when you right. shit yourself, it's panic. Because apparently, like, the dressing rooms were far away and they took, like, a golf cart to get to the stage. So there was no way to, you know, go change. You've got 20 minutes to play. Let's yeah. go. He just went for it. Yeah. Good <laughs> man. The show must go on. He's a, he's, he's a pro. He's a professional. I guess. But that's – so there's my contribution to those stories because I've seen yeah. – I've heard a whole bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, nice. Have I missed anything you guys want to cover? It's been a great conversation, I think. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I've had, had a great time. time. Yeah, it's just as you know, I mean, like we spoke about obviously like the single and stuff. And now we've got a video for that. That's uh, we're doing a premiere. That's pre being premiered at a publication called Under the Radar. Mm -hmm. um, that's going to be on Friday, um, this Friday. Okay. And, um, yeah, and then the singles, the singles out everywhere. And if yeah. fans fans want to get a hold of you, can you drop your socials so they can grab them? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. the the Instagram is. The dead, the dead freights underscore band. Okay. Facebook is just the dead freights, I think, and so is the Twitter. Uh, yeah, you can email us at the dead freights at gmail.com. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip podcast. Every week, I have in depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up and coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip podcast.